Okay, so that concludes 20 minutes of meditation. I would encourage you to keep your eyes closed and join me in practicing the third step prayer. We're going to do the prayer one breath at a time, one line at a time. And in between each line of the prayer, we're going to actually do what it says to do or not do what it says not to do. So, for me, the first line of the prayer is the word God. I breathe in the word God. And I take a few breaths, and I do what I think the prayer is asking me to do. I think it's asking me to try, in my own way, to make some kind of a connection with this thing I call God, or higher power, or infinite intelligence, whatever you want to call it. It doesn't matter. But take a few breaths in and out, and as you're breathing in and out, try to, to the best of your ability, to connect with that thing inside of you that we call God. And when I'm ready, I breathe out. I offer myself to thee. And then I ask myself, really? <laughs> Do I really offer myself to my higher power right here, right now? And I take a few breaths and I see how committed I am to that offering. Breathe in, to build with me and to do with me as thou wilt. And I take a few breaths and I try to see if there isn't a feeling or a knowing or a sensing of what my higher power might want to build with me or do with me today, right now. And I breathe out, relieve me of the bondage of self. And I take a few breaths. And I try to feel what it might feel like or be like or sound like if I had no bondage of self, no self-talking mind, no old ideas, no opinions, just a quiet, open mind. And I breathe in that I may better do thy will. And I take a few breaths and I think about how much better could I do God's will if I had that quiet, open mind. And 
I breathe out. Take away my difficulties. And I take a few breaths and I look over my day today so far. And I try to see what have been my difficulties. What has gotten in the way of me being the person that I think my higher power would have me be today. And I breathe in that victories over them may bear witness to those I would help of thy power, thy love, and thy way of life. And I take a few breaths and I think about the people I might come in contact with the rest of today. And I think about how I might affect those people if I really was an example of God's love and God's power and God's way of life. I breathe out the last line of the prayer. May I do thy will always. And I allow myself to smile and I take a few breaths and I picture myself doing God's will right here, right now, always. Whenever you're ready, you can gently open your eyes. As your eyes open, take a moment to allow yourself to become aware of the seeing that's happening now that your eyes are open. Try not to get caught up in the story of what you're seeing, but just being conscious that seeing is happening. So, (laughs) I'm Randy and I am alcoholic. I'm allergic to alcohol. I know that's shocking to some of you. You've never heard that before. I am allergic to alcohol. My body is allergic to alcohol. I can never, ever drink alcohol successfully ever again, one day at a time today. Mm, Not because alcohol is good or bad, but because my body is allergic to it. The reason my body is allergic to alcohol is because I drank it so much that I became allergic to it. The reason I drank it so much is because alcohol is the best over-the-counter, easiest-to-get drug to treat my disease, to treat my mental illness. My disease, they call it alcoholism. It's a weird name for a disease because they've named the disease after the treatment for the disease. But that's what they call it. I'm going to go with it. The way my alcoholism shows up in my life today 
is it shows up as an unsatisfiable, fault-finding, opinionated mind that's always in a hurry, easily frustrated, and can't stand the word no. And because of that mind, I tend to be constantly in a state of restless, irritable, and discontent. Sometimes extremely restless, irritable, and discontent, and sometimes mildly restless, irritable, and discontent. But so long as the disease is the power for my life, something's not right. And when I get uncomfortable enough, I treat the disease. For many, 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 many years, I treated it with alcohol. I became allergic to it. I can't use alcohol anymore to treat the disease, which is terrible because alcohol was an amazing treatment. Alcohol made me smarter, faster, stronger, more courageous, better dancer, funnier, able to talk better with people in crowded situations, able to go places I was afraid to go and do things I would never do. It allowed me to act extemporaneously in the moment, to be in the moment, to forget about all of my troubles and all of my fears. It did everything I needed to be okay in the world that I lived in. And so I used it a lot and I became allergic to it. And now I'm here and I'm here, here being here in Alcoholics Anonymous, I'm here to tell you that because of the 12 steps of, of AA, because of the 12 steps as a way of life and the, the, the power, the higher power that I've found here through the application of these steps, today I have the best life I've ever known. Today, I have a life where drinking isn't necessary. I very, very, very rarely think about drinking. For a long, long, long time, all I ever thought about was alcohol. Is there going to be enough wherever I'm going? Does this, does this vacation, is this a good place to go where drinking is acceptable? Should I bring my own or will there be enough there? What if they find it and take it away? Where will I, have, where will I be able to get more? Those were thoughts that went with me constantly. Today, there's a new thought in step 10 that could go with me constantly. How can I best serve thee? Thy will, not mine, be done. These are thoughts that must go with me constantly. That's a whole, that's a 300, no, that's 180 degrees away from the life that I lived as Randy with alcoholism and alcoholism being the power for my life. My constant thought was drink to now my constant thought is based on how can I best serve thee? I will not mind be done. That's, that's crazy. Even hearing me say that out loud, I, I shudder a little bit because it sounds a little uh, religious to me. <laughs> sounds a little, uh, sounds a little, uh, I don't know. sounds a little uh, crazy to me, but that is my life. When I, when I practice how can I best serve thee? Thy will not mine be done. I have the best life I've ever known. No matter where I am and what I'm doing, when I put my attention on what could I bring to this? What could I add to this occasion? How could I make this better for everyone around me? When I live that way of life, I have the best life I've ever known.
and people want to be around me, which is unusual. Uh, so um, we're in the fifth step, and we're reading out of the 12 and 12, but I, I'm going to read the promises of the fifth step just because they're so beautiful. So if I've done my fourth step, I've seen a lot of truths about myself, what I think is the truth. But if I don't share it with another human being, there's a good chance that it's just my idea of the truth, which could be a lie because the disease of alcoholism is very cunning, baffling, and powerful and very good at disguising good motives in bad motives and lying to me in my own voice. But if I do this, if I pocket my pride and go to it, illuminating every twist of character, every dark cranny of my past, once I have taken this step withholding nothing, I am delighted. Right here, right now, I could be delighted. I never even thought of that as a thing for me. I know restless, irritable, and discontent, but this is telling me that I could be delighted right now in this moment if I'll do this. One, I can look the world in the eye. I knew I was going to read this today. I, well, I had a feeling I was going to read this today. And, and so as I was meditating, I, the thought occurred to me, when was the last time? I know, I know that I look people in the face. Like my eyes aren't on the ground. But do I remember the color of the eyes of the last person I talked to? Did I really look them in the eye? Did I really connect with them? Or did some fear, some doubt, some, some low self-worth get in there and cause me to not go there, not look them in the eye, just in the face? I can be alone at perfect peace and ease right here, right now. It's not so painful to be alone with my self-talking mind anymore because I'm not listening to it. I put my attention on my higher power instead of on what I think I need to be okay right now. My fears fall from me once I have done this. Because there's so much fear in the secret in the in the idea of you finding out my secrets. Once I've shared those secrets with somebody, a lot of that fear goes away. It's out. Okay. You know the worst about me. Now what? I begin to feel the nearness of my creator by having this talk with another human being, with myself, with God, and with another human being. I may have had certain spiritual beliefs, but now I begin to have a spiritual experience. It's in the action of doing this fifth step of, of having the talk, not just the writing of it. The feeling that the drink pro problem has disappeared and may often come strongly. I feel I'm on the broad highway walking hand in hand with the spirit of the universe. How beautiful is that? What, isn't that what you would want for today? To be able to look the world in the eye, to be able to be at perfect peace and ease alone, to have your fears fall from you, and to feel like you're walking on the broad highway wherever you're going, hand in hand with the spirit of the universe, with all knowledge and all power. That's what's being offered here. 
this way of life. But it doesn't happen by accident. And it doesn't happen in time. And it doesn't happen because you didn't drink today. I can never ever drink again. But not drinking does not heal my alcoholism. Not drinking doesn't make the fears fall away. I'm still full of fear. I'm just not drinking. Not drinking doesn't put me on the broad highway walking hand in hand with my creator. I have to apply these steps in my life if I'm going to have this way of life. I have to do my fifth step. So uh, now I'm going to need a little help because, oh, yeah, it's not on the right page. Um, so I don't know where we left off in the fifth step. Does anybody remember where we read to last time? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I, maybe we didn't read this. Did we read out of it? Maybe we didn't. Okay, we'll start the, we'll, we'll start the fifth step in the 12 and 12. Admitted, step five, admitted to God, to myself, and to another human being, the exact nature of my wrongs. It says ours. It says admitted to God, to ourselves. But I can't admit to ourselves. I have to admit to myself. And to another human being, the exact nature of my wrongs, not our wrongs. Your wrongs aren't my wrongs. It's my wrongs. So... I have to take this step. I have to read this in the first person. Otherwise, it's some weird story about you guys. So all of AA's 12 steps ask me to go contrary to my natural desires. They deflate my ego. When it comes to ego deflation, few steps are harder to take than five, of course. But scarcely any step is more necessary to long-term sobriety and peace of mind than this one. A lot of people never do their fourth step, let alone their fifth step. A lot of, some people do a fourth step, but all they do is point the finger at everybody else in their lives. So that's not really a fourth step. That's, that's just alcoholism, finding fault with others, which is what alcoholism is really good at. <clears throat> AA experience has taught me I cannot live alone with my pressing problems and the character defects which cause or aggravate them. If I have swept the searchlight of step four back and forth over my careers, it has revealed in stark relief those experiences I'd rather not remember. If I have come to know how wrong thinking and actions have hurt me and others, then I need to quit living by myself with those tormenting ghosts of yesterday. Wait a minute then the need to quit living by myself with those tormenting ghosts of yesterday gets more urgent than ever. I have to talk to somebody about them. I have to. I cannot, the, 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 in, the, in how it works, it says, those who do not recover are people who cannot or will not completely give themselves to this simple program. I'm a will not. I will not completely give myself to this simple program. And the reason I won't do it, the book says, is because I am constitutionally incapable of being honest with myself. That's why the fifth step is in, this, in the 12 steps, because I am constitutionally incapable. The way that I am made as an alcoholic with alcoholism, I'm incapable of being honest with myself. 
So I have to share this with myself, with God, and with another human being. So that maybe between the three of us, we can figure out what the truth is. So intense, though, is the fear and reluctance to do this. So intense is the fear that if I tell you the truth about me, you won't like me. And I'll be alone again. And for me to be alone, I'll get into a, uh, some very intense emotional pain if I'm all alone. That's my, one of my biggest fears, is to be alone. And if I'm alone and I get into enough pain... The disease of alcoholism will win and I will either drink or kill myself. So intense, though, is my fear and reluctance to do this that I at first try to bypass step five. I search for an easier way. Oh, I'll just tell someone my story. Step five, I have to have done step four in order to have step five. And step four says that I have to put it on paper in black and white. Because when I tell my story to another person, I tell my version of the story and it's not the truth. When I put it on paper, it becomes a little bit more true. And when I share it with another human being, they can help me to see the truth in that. Even an untrained sponsor in Alcoholics Anonymous, hearing someone else's story and having their experience of doing the step themselves and living this life, that person is very qualified to actually take a look and help you to see the truth about yourself. It's wild. Some people go to school and get PhDs and all kinds of stuff to be able to have that talk with somebody. But an alcoholic, somehow an alcoholic talking to another alcoholic with the higher power in that, in that experience makes it possible for us to help each other like nobody else can help us. I search for an easier, which usually consists of a general and fairly painless admission that when I was drinking, I was sometimes a bad actor, right? All of my bad behavior, I blame it on my parents and my drinking. I'm a great person. If you knew how great I was, you would love me. But I act badly because I drink and because my parents treated me badly. Those are my two big excuses for my life. That's all a lie. Then for good measure, I add dramatic descriptions of that part of my drinking behavior, which my friend probably already knows about anyway. So... So this is not about telling somebody my bad adventures when drinking. This is not a drunkalogue. The fifth step is not my drunkalogue. The fifth step comes out of the fourth step, which is where I see my delusions, the lies that I tell myself that I believe are true. One of mine is that if I don't get the best, if I don't get the deal, best deal in a, in a business situation, that I'm a loser. And it makes it very hard for me to do business with people because I have to get the best deal in order to feel like a man. And so I blow up most business deals that I'm in if I'm in my alcoholism and I'm being driven by my delusion. I have other delusions, lots of them. And so in what, but if I don't know what my delusions are, then I have no idea what I'm going to become entirely ready to have God removed from me.
in step six. So it's very, 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 very important that I do my fourth step and my fifth step, and in that order, that I put my fourth step on paper and that I share it with another human being and with God and with myself. So I'm going to remember now, we're on the bottom of page 55. If one of you took a note, that would be awesome too, because my, my, I'm, a, I'm pretty good at, ex, at explaining my experience with the information in the book, but I'm pretty bad at remembering where I left off. <laughs> so if somebody would be so kind as to help me for next Saturday, I would appreciate that. All right, so the meeting's open now. If you want to talk about your experience with Step 5, your experience with the promises of Step 5, or ask a question, or share about anything else you want to share about, you're free to do that. Uh, if you raise your hand, I'll call on you. If you do share, we record this meeting, and uh, we make the recordings available uh, on a podcast for people to re-listen to or to tell your friends to listen to. So if you share, it is recorded, unless you ask me to stop the recording, which I'm happy to do, no problem. Uh, all I'm recording is audio. There's no video being recorded. It's just the audio. So who would like to share today? Yes, Rick. Good morning. Hello, everyone. Rick, alcoholic. Hi, Rick. Nice to see you, Randy. Thank yeah. you. Um, my step five. You know, I worked hard on my step four and uh, had all my stories written down and I was so sure of myself and I was going to now tell my sponsor all these things. And he's like, yeah, man, you really got screwed on this. You know, you're really right. You had a reason to be pissed off. That's not how it went at all. It's, uh, boy, that was a humbling experience. And, um, none of my stories were right. It all came down to, it was amazing how you said someone, you could explain it to someone and then they'd say, you know, you really have unreasonable expectations. You expect this and this to happen, but you live here. You do this. And it's like, uh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> and, um, it's really amazing. And, um, I even see it now in other people more easily, uh, even non-alcoholics. You know, I'll, I'll tell my wife, well, that's a pretty unreasonable expectation. Mm -hmm. She's like, that's your problem, not mine. <laughs> but I found the experience to be very humbling. And I found the less that I fought, the more that I got from it. That The less that I tried to fight and, and basically say, this is what happened. This is, you know, I'm right. And just shut up and take it, basically. And... It, it was one of the best things, as I say, I think somewhere in the book we left, uh, you know, walking on air and went back to our room or whatever and, and thought about it for a while. But um, step five was great. It's uh, for me, it was just a really enlightening. And I still go back to that and look at the notes uh, and where my you know, character defects are. And um, it, it's amazing what other people can see. And I really can see that my reality is warped and it is not right. And uh it's still not right, and I need to remember that every day. Thank you. Thanks, Rick. Great to see you. Um, wow, you guys are getting quieter and quieter as a group. Who's next? Luke. Hey, Luke. 
Hello everyone, my name's Luke. I'm a addict, alcoholic. Hi Luke. Hi Randy, lovely to be here. Um, I was honestly planning on just sort of sitting and listening, but um, it's quite unbelievable this meeting is uh, on step five because I have just finished fourth and I haven't read it out. I haven't done step five yet, but um, and I, I was really fearless and thorough with this step four. You know, I, I really... Um, and I've done some step fours and, and step fives before, and I really have experienced that feeling of total peace after I read out my step five. So much so that I rang my sponsor and I just said, what the hell is going on? What, what, like, there's, there's, there's no chatter, you know, and, and for weeks, I wouldn't stop sharing about it in meetings. It might have got annoying, but it was, you know, and I think we say at the beginning of this meeting that it's experiential, you know, as, as an addict or an alcoholic, you know, I, I really need to experience this stuff for myself. Um, and this time round, the brutal truth of, I think you said it, Randy, of like, you know, I just think I'm a nice guy. I just thought I was a nice guy. But I have been so selfish and un inconsiderate and entitled and self-seeking and frightened. And I, I've been, I, I, my sponsor says with step four and five, it's good to get in and get out as soon as possible because to sit with a step four, which is basically where I'm at at the moment, I feel really cornered because there is no kidding myself of the person that I have been and how I've treated people. Do you know what I mean? And um, that's kind of, I'm really looking forward to getting it off my chest and talking with my sponsor and, and sharing this stuff. Um, but then I also thought I've done, I've done a few step fours with different sheets and different ways of doing it. And then I remembered the sheets that Randy does the step four with. And I was like, Oh, I haven't done it that way yet. Like I need to do like the best step four to get the most relief possible. You know, like, have I done it right this time? But like this time it was, it, you know, it was resentments, fears and harms. And with the resentments, I had done a step four, which was only the first three columns, which was, um, the person, the cause, and what it affects. But this time round, there's column four and five, and it says, where am I at fault? Where am I to blame? That fourth column's painful. It was really brutal. And and the fifth column is, what should I have done instead? So this is just my experience with, you know, the step four that I've just done. I'm sure there are, like, loads of derivatives, and people have different ways of doing it, but it's, it's pretty much out of the big book. Um mm -hmm. The way that it, the, the way that it outlines it in the big book. And, um, yeah, I just, it's amazing that, like, I, I'm really feeling that I'm in this step. It's amazing, mm -hmm. these steps. Like, after I did my step nine, mm -hmm. my previous recovery, all those step nine promises came true. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I am so not there now mm -hmm. <laughs> because I relapse and I'm going through the process again. So it's just amazing, you know, how, what these steps do to you and, and how, and what it's like when we're living in a particular step. And, um, yeah, so I don't know what I've said, but it's just very nice to see all your faces and hear your voice, Randy, and hear you share. And, um, 
Yeah, can't wait to do my step five because I'm sitting on this four at the moment and it, it's pretty painful. Um, but anyway, onwards and upwards and staying sober for today. That's the plan. Anyway, thank you. Thanks, Luke. Welcome. Melody. Awesome. Hi. Welcome. Hey. Hi, Randy. Hi, everyone. I'm Melody. I'm an alcoholic. Hi, Melody. Um, so I don't know if I've ever been to this Zoom meeting, uh, but uh, so mine is more of an application question. Mm-hmm. My ego wants to tell me I already know the answer to. Mm. Uh, but when I look back, just from what you guys finished on step four, about my twisted relationships with others and that I can't form true relationships and going into step five after I do my uh, inventory. And I, I've done a few of them. Um, it's really, really difficult for me to be a hundred percent honest. So I know like that you call them tricks and stuff that, um, I can do prayers. I can use my set aside prayer. I can ask God for willingness, but I always feel it's still there. Mm. I don't want someone really to see me and I know it's an old idea. And so I get stuck right there. Am I being honest or am I just being as honest as my ego is allowing me to be? If that's a question, mm. it's just like, it's just that alcoholism mind fuck. I just feel very uh, circular. I feel like I'm not being honest because I don't want someone just like this said. So intense though is our fear. So intense though is my fear, fear and reluctance to do this. Mm-hmm. Uh, that I bypass it. I don't feel I bypass it, but I definitely manipulate it. Mm. So there's, so there's step four where I put it on paper. So I, I would encourage you to write about whatever you're talking about that, where you feel like you're holding back, write out that story on paper. And then when you're ready, read that to your sponsor. Because if you, if, because right now it's, it feels like it's just out there in the ethers that you have this story about a family and about a thing that you did. And it sounds kind of like it's out there and you, you got to put it on paper first because Mm -hmm. it won't, it won't, you can't make it focus into what it is until it's on paper. And then reading it with another human being, then they could tell you if you're delusional or not. I, I wouldn't. You know, hypothetically, I can't tell you if you're delusional or not in a hypothetical way, but I guarantee you, if you put it on paper, the truth, you'll start to see the truth. And you put it on paper in four, and you share it in five. And and it almost sounds like it's more like a sex relation thing, even though it doesn't have sex. The, The sex inventory is not about sex. There's, it doesn't ask you what kind of sex you had. It doesn't ask you how many times you had sex. It doesn't ask you what your sexual preferences is. It's not a sexual inventory. It's, a, it's, about, it's an inventory about the intimate relationships that you're in, whether it's, uh, and, and it doesn't have to be sexually intimate. It's just, where have you been selfish and dishonest and afraid? Uh, 
where have you evoked jealousy and 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 so it sounds like what you're talking about is in that inventory and i would take a, i would put it on paper and the questions are in the book the the questions that i'm supposed to ask myself in the sex inventory there's nine of them they're in the book so i would answer those questions about this whatever it is you're asking about and i think you'll the truth will become apparent for you 100% anastasia Hello. Hi, everyone. Greetings from Oakland. Yay. Anastasia, addict alcoholic. Um, barely waking <laughs> up here, and I made sure to not take a shower yet today just for all of you. <laughs> um, super, like, letting my hair down so much I need to put it back up. But, um, yeah, the the fifth step, this um, hearing everyone share and, and thinking about the fifth step today reminds me of... Um, my bottom uh, before I came into AA, which was dry for me. So I had abstained from all drugs, alcohol for a long time. And I still announced myself as an addict because it's so in me um, that I have to be very careful, even when I do things like take Tylenol or Advil um, to remember, you know, um, I just, I never mm. want to forget like little, little things for me are really sensitive that can set off my uh, alcoholism. Um, so I was in my isolation in my bottom and, um, that's the most torturous thing to be isolated in live alcoholism without pills, without drugs, without, you know, an extra five supplements of whatever, like I was really messed up. And, um, one day I was isolated in my apartment and, um, I couldn't figure out what was wrong with me. I had done therapy, journaling, soul searching. I had contact with a higher power um, and was doing all these things. And um, it struck me, what if I have something to do with my life that's making everything difficult and I just don't know what it is because I didn't have any friends anymore. I wasn't interacting with people. And I'm like, I have to have a role in this somehow. Oh, but can't be that one to point it out to me. It's waking up into AA. I'm like, this is the place where I can find out like what I've been doing that I can't see. And then in a the fifth step, I had someone point it out to me. But the, the light bulb that went off for me is that I became willing up until that point beforehand while I was doing therapy and people would sometimes give me feedback about how difficult I was to interact with or ways I was getting lost in my life. Um, I was very resistant and um, felt a lot of shame and would kind of like shut it down, not consciously. I didn't realize I was doing it, but looking back, I'm like, oh, I felt like such a wild piece of dirt on this earth that I couldn't take any more blame or accountability because I already felt so low. I just felt like I could handle any more um, feeling of wrongness and in that moment in my apartment it shifted it's like oh it's not wrongness I just can't see something but if I can see it do something about it and um, so the fifth step for me was great I loved it I'm like oh my god someone's gonna help me put in order where my mind's been astray so I can maybe have a little more for lack of a better word command with a higher power you know over you know how my life goes and um i'll close with this like uh in my 20 years in aa what's been tricky for me um 
I've done a lot of fifth steps as a sponsor and a sponsee. But for me, I tend to appreciate being able to tell some of my story, but have someone be able to gently put me back on track without shutting me down or shutting me up or telling me it's a story and getting really agitated themselves, like to control my disease. And similarly, sponsees, I extend that generosity. Like sometimes mm. I can learn something about someone if they talk a little bit more and I allow them, mm. we can get more information that might help them. Mm. But then like, gently bring them on track because sometimes to shut down an alcoholic is to also I think sometimes for me scare me and make my disease a little more active to where I can't mm. think straight so I keep those subtleties in mind when I'm sponsoring because I don't want people to feel like it's not safe to talk but I also don't want them to spiral out so much that they can't keep the focus on um, what they're doing so it's a super great step um, and I'll, I'll close there because I've talked long enough. Thanks, Anastasia. All right. Who's next? We have basically 14 minutes left. Yes, Phyllis. Hi, Rand. I have a question. Okay. Um, I find I have two camps. Mm -hmm. The friends or friends that I have that I think are doing the program well. <laughs> and the friends that frustrate me. Mm -hmm. And I'm not doing it according to, not my way. But the storytelling is so intense. Mm. I guess for myself, what I'm finding by doing some resentments and fears is that my storytelling is less and my finding my part is quicker. Does that make sense, Randy? I don't know what I'm trying to say here. What do you think, I guess? I'm putting that out to you. So you... Uh... My stories on my resentments are much less, no big hoopla. Um, and my finding my part in it is easier and being able to tell another person, share that with it is easier for me than it's ever. I don't know. I could say ever now, maybe tomorrow will be more easier for me. Yeah. Does that make sense? It's like been a process of being yeah. radically honest. Yeah, absolutely. The more you I practice. Want to know way and I'm wondering if I should do more of Fear is where I think what I'm ex I'd like to explore are some of my hidden fears that feel like there's something underneath the surface that I'm not uh, looking at that I just think would that be appropriate now rather than eight of resentments I just don't have them I'm just sorry I don't have them yeah no that's perfect whatever you have whatever you want to look at you write it down in four, whether it's a fear or a, right, a sex right. inventory or a, or a resentment. You right. write it down and you share it with somebody and see what... Well, I, yeah, do it. I, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, that's okay. the best thing to do. I just want to know, it's lessened. Some of the... The, 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 the old stuff is the old stuff. It's, it was like so ridden with storytelling that it's just not as intense yeah. anymore. Things yeah. are... And, and 
when I when I get bothered by something, it's pretty quick, and I can uh, share it with another person. But I see where the writing is very very important here because it'll get underneath that. It'll get underneath that somewhere. When when an alcoholic is telling their story, which I would also categorize that as complaining about their life. I think that's the when an alcoholic is complaint. That's how alcoholics ask for help. And what we do, instead of helping them, we jump in the boat and, and help them make the hole bigger where the water's coming in. Because we jump in usually and agree with them and then find instances in our lives where we could complain about the same thing. And we jump in and we make it worse. When an alcoholic is complaining, that's how alcoholics ask for help. Beautiful. That's how they ask for help. So it's, I can't get in and complain with them. I've got to say, yeah. I hear you. I was. I had that. I've had that. This is what I'm doing today. This is what I'm doing now. Let's go over here. Let's get out of this leaky boat that's filled with complaints. Let's get on solid land. Let's do some. Let's do some work. Let's 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 go forward. But alcoholics, because our egos are so big, we can't ask for help. I can never go to somebody and say, "Oh, could you help me?" I I can today. With years okay. and years of practice, just like what you were saying, you go there faster because you've got you've practiced. I have to all the time. I need a suggestion, whatever. But <laughs> but um, but most alcoholics, their egos are too big and too fragile to ask for help, so they just complain. So when I hear someone complaining, I try to help them out of their boat, out of their leaky boat. Okay, I hear you. It's a call for, it's always a call for help. Always. Yeah. Uh, uh, Daz, you had your hand up. You got to put your hand back up. You want to share? It won't. Uh, Wait, you froze. Are you talking? was muted. Hi, oh. Daz an alcoholic. Hi, Daz. Uh, hope, Olivia, I hope your breakfast goes well. Uh, <laughs> let's get that. <laughs> the eggs look lovely. So, I've just uh, just been thinking about what you said about being honest at the beginning, you know, and looking in people's eyes. Mm. You know, I've really consciously been looking in people's eyes and feeling with my feelings across. And I've not long done step four and step five. And I left nothing at the door. When I'd done my step four, my step five, I, I, I'd surrendered at number one. That was it. I'm all in. Mm. And as painful as it hurt, because I, when I was doing my fears, I, I've got no fears. I'm afraid of snakes. That's it. But when I was writing down, I had fears. I had self-pity. It was all my parents' fault, like you said. It was their fault. It's their fault. You know, what did I do? What did I do? And I could have turned in two directions. And so when I came to step five, it was just all out there and I slept well. And since, and I don't know whether I've shared this, my head is connected to my heart. Those six inches are totally mm. connected now. Mm. I look in, I feel people's emotions. I have emotions. Mm. You know, I didn't have emotions for 33 years. Mm. You know, it was all about me. And uh, it's the same story for everyone, I'm sure, and everything else. God, my God, and everything. But I feel, I feel 
I, I want to listen to people now. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm feeling it. I actually feel connected with people. Mm-hmm. And I love to, as you said, I'll go back to looking in people's eyes. And uh, my character defects has come out. And instead of being scared of my character defects, I know about them now. And with my higher power, I know when they're coming out. And I've noticed it in work and people. I'm taking it into my whole life. And in my whole life, I I can feel connection to people. Mm. My children. Mm -hmm. uh, I've not even mentioned to them. They've gone, Dad, you're different. You know, and they said you've... And after my step five, they said, you, you, you don't seem to have this scrunch like that. You're crunching all the time. And I was crunching all the time with alcoholism. Mm-hmm. But I was okay. I wasn't an alcoholic. Of course I wasn't, you know. <laughs> but I admitted to myself. And when I came to step four, I left everything at the door. Nice. I slept and I have slept a lot easier. Good. A lot easier. I've left nothing there. Mm-hmm. Randy. Everything has gone. Nice. And... I'm gonna, you know, hopefully move forward with that, taking it into everything I do in life. So, mm-hmm. thank you for letting me share. Thanks, Dad. Welcome, Annie. Hi, Annie, alcoholic. Um, uh, thanks, Randy. I know that we're talking about step five in in connection with right now, a, 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 an in depth step four, but I always think that step five is present in any conversation where I'm willing to be humble mm. and that I don't know in a situation mm. and I've tried to think it out and rationalise it out and I'm obviously deluded somewhere. I've mm. simply gone wrong yet again. Mm. And if I have that humility, um, I can listen to somebody. Um, but too often it takes me a while, it takes me a lot of pain to get into that situation mm. uh, because I'm always trying to think my way out mm. uh, of, of, of things. And, uh, you know, the, the worst bit is admitting I don't know. Mm-hmm. And I fooled myself once again. Mm. Uh, and can you help me? It's it's torturous, you know, to do that. Mm. But the good thing is as soon as I start that process, I come out of my isolation. Mm-hmm. Because that pain does, it isolates me from, from you know, I go back into my alcoholism and into that, I, that terrible loneliness. Uh, and I feel that somehow... I'm missing the plot here. Everybody else has got the, the solution and I haven't. Um, and uh, it's only through talking and having that that experience of humility where I can truly listen as the dying, because I am dying at that point. I'm dying mm. of pain from my alcoholism. That that I can listen and I, I can be with my higher power. My higher power is, is there with me mm. and gives me the strength, you know, to walk through that situation. And, you know, the, 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 the pleasure of it is that after it, I feel plugged in again mm-hmm. to my program, to my, my friends, to that situation. And I can have forgiveness too. I don't, I, I don't say I forgive that person because I'm incapable of that, but somehow forgiveness arises within me. Mm. And I'm, it, that just wipes away everything that's happened. The slate is cleaned. Um, uh, and that, that's, that's the gift of, of step five to me. And I try and practice that, um, much more so, uh, than, than before, because 
that's my way of establishing good relationships with people. I am mm. learning how to be intimate with people mm-hmm. and honest with people and decent with people mm. through that whole experience. But it starts off with me being humble enough um, to say, I don't know. I'm completely mm. lost in this. Can you mm-hmm. help me? Mm. Thank you. Beautiful. Thank you, Annie. Scott, you got two minutes. I'll take it. <laughs> Scott, definitely a runaway alcoholic mind, this moment anyway. Oh my, oh my, oh my. Getting really beat up, really beat up. We're trying to empty my mother's home. And, you know, (laughs) just opening the door, it just attacks, attacks. And the ism just is on fire. And unfortunately, it affects my wife, too. It just, but just a phone call from someone in a church group that will take all our furniture. Don't worry. We'll take everything. The the runaway mind, man, it moves faster than the Philadelphia running backs, I'll tell you. It's all over the place. And just to slow it down. And a phone call or a reach out from somebody else, it just takes it off track. You can breathe some fresh air for a moment. Um, and what a difference. I've reached out to a couple of people, too, that have also, also lost their parents. We're the same generation, you know? So it's all the Korean uh, War parents that have, are passing. But what a difference of getting a contact or also sending out the contact and these people saying, thank you. Just needed a breath of fresh air. And again, I have to say, um, you guys are my chosen family. Mm. I've got a real small family and that's fine. (laughs) But we all have the same issues. Just a brother from a different mother type of thing. But boy, it's tough when it's tough when you think everything's stacked against you. Mm. It anyway. Thank you all. Thanks, Scott. Go Philadelphia. <laughs> no outside issues. No, it's not an issue. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Yeah. All right, everybody. That's it. It's twelve thirty. Thank you. Again, thank you so much for coming to this meeting today and meditating with me. Um, uh, That meditation is, I mean, it's just an opportunity to allow my nervous system to relax for 20 minutes, which is like eight hours of sleep. It's awesome. And when we do it together, for me, I always go deeper. So that's why I appreciate you coming and meditating with me. That's it. Enjoy the rest of your day today, right now, and uh, we'll uh, take a moment of silence, and then I'll make it so you can all unmute yourselves, and then we'll do the serenity prayer together. Okay. If you want, you can unmute yourselves and 
God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can and the wisdom to know the different Amen. Thank you. Good to see you guys.